0: Welcome to the Success Inspired Podcast, a business and personal development podcast to help you accomplish more in life
1: and realize your true potential. And now here is your host, Vid Muller.
0: Hello, everybody. Vid here from Success Inspired Podcast again. My guest today is a speaker, facilitator, and highly regarded mass coach who empowers women to step up, speak up, and show up with confidence in business and life. So they can enjoy more success every day <clears throat> she's a proud owner of ToEmpower.co and has created a step-by-step proven process for success that empowers women to take full control of their life and business by shifting the psychological barriers that hold them back she incorporates nlp techniques we'll talk about that in a second and she incorporates these techniques when she's coaching or facilitating individuals and teams because she knows that it's not enough to tell people what to do. It's essential to show them how to do it. Please welcome to the show, Annie McCune.
1: Hi, hi, Vit. Thank you for the invite. It's great to be here.
0: Thank you, Anne. Thank you. Great to have you on the show today. I've sort of introduced you a little bit, but what's something that not many people might not know about you?
1: Oh, I worked with lepers in India to do some voluntary work, uh, working in a girl's school. And one of the trips that we did with the kids in the school was to go to uh, a leper village. And and not many people know that I did that. It was about 20 years ago, but it was a a very life-changing experience, actually.
0: Oh, wow. How long were you doing that for?
1: I was in India for six months altogether. And I I traveled for some of that time and worked at the school for some of the time.
0: That's awesome. That's Mm. awesome. Now, and what compelled you to become a life coach?
1: Well, I never actually set out to become a life coach, actually. (laughs) It's one of those things that evolved. I started my career as a coach with sales teams, working with BP Oil in the UK. Yeah, right. And what I learned through that was every time that I was training teams the same people would be successful and I thought what is it that makes them always successful and other people always struggle Mm. and I realized it came down to really their mindset and their beliefs. If they believed they could sell it and they could be successful then nine times out of ten they would take actions that would lead to that and then the outcome would be positive. Those that didn't have that confidence or didn't have that belief and didn't have the right mindset tended to, to fail. And so in the 1990s, I decided to go and study NLP and because I've been around for a long time. <laughs> and through the 2000s, I did positive psychology. So it's just always something, human nature, the way we think, the way we behave has just been something that's intrigued me.
0: I absolutely agree. I think it's when we align, when we are positive, when we are positive-minded, everything kind of aligns the right direction. When we feel down, when we feel negative, everything just feels like nothing's working out. So there is, there is that energy that's it's, it has a, it's very effective. Now, for, for the ones listening that might not know much about what NLP is, can you break that down a little bit?
1: Yeah, sure. So it stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. The neuro is our thinking. The linguistic is the language that we use and whether that's our own self-talk or how we talk to other people. And the programming is our behavior that comes as a result of that thinking and language. And -hmm. then the behavior creates our outcomes.
0: Okay, so it's not just, for example, what I spoke with Jason in one of the episodes back. We talk about NLP and how it's practical to sales if it's done ethically, but it's also what you say. It's also what we say to ourselves that has the influence. On our, we talk about positivity and positive mindset. So the NLP is the language that we tell ourselves, as well as the language that we use when we communicate. And is it just words? Is it actual language, or is it also a body language that comes to it?
1: Yeah, look, body language comes into it when it involves other people, so we can read what's going on in their mind like someone can walk into the office and they, their shoulders are slumped and they bang down their coffee and they sit down and they, you can just tell they're in a mood be- without them saying a word and they can also then read what's going on in our mind so people can pick up if you're confident or nervous or without you saying anything people really can read what's going on in your mind mm. but where I find it the most powerful is what we say to ourselves because when we're struggling our self-talk Tends to be, I can't manage this. I'm not doing well with this. I'm no good at this. Um, this is hopeless. And and we feed that to the brain. And the more that we're telling that, the more we create a pathway in the brain that repeats that and echoes it back at us. And it's really difficult then to pull ourselves out of that. And it's why positive affirmations are very popular. And and some people will say, oh, that doesn't work. It's just words. But actually. In creating the pathways, neuroscience has taught us that it does matter. Even if you don't believe it, constantly telling the mind, uh, "You might be saying I can't do that yet." That's much more positive than saying I can't do it because it leaves room for growth.
0: Yes, absolutely. I know there's other words that that happen in conversation as well when you know you're trying to, for example, praise say somebody in your team in your business. You want to praise them for, for something that they have done well. But then you say the word but at the end. Yeah. And that kind of cancels everything that you said in front of it, Before. right? That's so fine. much better to say is the word and. So you want Absolutely. to praise them. And even, even if you do want to send a chance some negative feedback, use the word and instead of but.
1: Absolutely.
0: Is there any other, any other like examples of, of, going back to self-talk that self-talk, like specific examples of those wars that people might be telling themselves that they need to watch out for?
1: Oh, look, I've got a whole list. Um, things like, I don't have time. Then instead, if you could say, how can I make time for this? I'm not able to do that. Instead Because we know I can't do that. Instead, if you say, I'm learning. It, what it does is it just keeps more positivity rather than going into that negative um, spiral of fear and doubt. And, I, and another thing is that the brain doesn't understand negatives. So, when you're talking to a child, for example, and you say, Don't run, what the brain hears is run. And then you have to think of run to then think of don't run. And so it's like negative comes afterwards. So, instead, if you say one positive command, like walk, but then then immediately the, the brain says, oh, yeah, walk. Because every time we say something, it creates a picture in the mind and then we react to that picture. So if you say, uh, don't talk, we think of talk, then we have to unthink it to be don't talk. But mm. if you say, be quiet, immediately we get this picture of silence.
0: Right. And this also brings an interesting topic about, how nlp influences us from early on in our uh, in our childhood and how that forms our beliefs and how that f- how, how that could form what uh we believe is possible later in life right just when we are little kids our brain is just like a sponge right we are <clears throat> there's no limits like to our creativity right creativity <clears throat> but if we are constantly being told these negative words as we are being raised that that can also have a negative influence later on right
1: oh it's huge and a lot of the work that i do is undoing that negative it's helping people to say you now need to let go of that, those old beliefs, that old way of thinking, that old language, because it's no longer serving you. You're not a seven-year-old child anymore. You know, it's, it's time to grow up, and 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 cut those cords, let go of that stuff that's not serving you, and retrain the ba- the brain with these new ways of thinking and these this new language and this new behaviour it's it's huge. And and most parents and teachers and people around us tell us things they think that often they're doing it right, you know, like, oh, if you do that you'll never be successful. Because that's their fear for us. Yeah. And they think they're saying it from a place of love, but actually they're putting their fear on us. One of the things I find really funny and, and I did it with my own children is When they're very young, we say to them, um, come on, you can walk, stand up on your own two feet, hold on to the furniture, walk to mummy. And we want them to talk. So we say, come on, shout loud and ask for dinner or ask for this or that. And then we send them to school and we tell them to sit down and shut up. And and they have to do that for 12 years.
0: (laughs) So you cancel (laughs) everything.
1: Yeah. And then they come out being put in this box and then they lose their identity and... That's when the problems start.
0: Yeah. I hope that maybe one day, I don't know, uh, things change with the whole way everything is being set up, the educational system, because mm. you, know, you already have countries, like I think it's Sweden or some of the Norwegian countries that are a bit more experimental with how they approach education. They're a lot more flexible and sort of giving the, the power to the kids and let them to be more creative and come up with solutions. I quite like that. Now, if somebody's looking for... Um, to get to know a bit more about NLP and how they can incorporate that either to be a better parent or to be, you know, to be more successful and, and, you know, maybe there's somebody that's been going through some tough time and they've been quite negative. Maybe right now they're listening to this and they're looking at, okay, I really like the idea of getting myself more positive and, and be able to, to have better self-talk and, and be more mindful of how I say things. What Where could they go for a bit more education about NLP?
1: Well, look, there's tons of stuff on, on Mr. Google. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so you can look up anything. There's the In Sydney, there's the Tad James Company. There's, but what I would say is there are lots of different modalities. The, the most important thing is not to cling to one thing, but to say where I'm at now feels unsatisfactory and I want to change. And so it's about self-awareness first. So what is it about myself that I—the same old trap I keep falling into that doesn't allow me to move on? Because we actually sabotage ourselves. One of the biggest things that I do with the women I work with is just say to them, get out of your own way. What, what, what you're trying to do is so doable. I can see it and I can see their blind spots, but we can't see our own blind spots that's why there are blind spots <laughs> yeah. we need someone else to reflect them back to us and to say well the, re- the you know uh, it appears to me and you can correct me if i'm wrong but the way that you're doing this is resulting in that and nine times out of 10 they go oh yeah you're right i didn't even realize that's what i was doing i mean my own situation for example was i became quite a martyr and even though i've got a great life i was a bit moody and blamed my husband for everything, which was great because it just meant then I didn't have to face the reality of what I had created in my own head.
0: Also, you're from Glasgow, right? (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. But I now live in Sydney and I've got nothing to complain about really, although I still found lots to complain about because we're wired for the negative and Again, neuroscience has taught us that for every negative that we think or say or do, we need we need a minimum of five positives just to balance that out. Mm. So the parts of the brain that wire together and fire together, when when people were shown one negative picture, like a baby crying or bad weather or an, a couple arguing, certain parts of the brain would light up. To get that same intensity with positive pictures like sunshine or a baby laughing or a couple skipping and dancing, they needed five times the positive pictures. Mm, So if someone falls out with you and they say something nasty and you're upset with them, they need to say something nice, do something nice, send you flowers, apologize again, and um, invite you out for dinner before they're just back on an even keel with you. And then they probably need to do one or two nice extra things for you to really feel back on a, on a good level with them, which is why relationships are so difficult.
0: Yeah. Why do you think is it? Why, why do you think that brain works in such a way?
1: What I've learned through studies is that survival, we're constantly thinking that something is coming to attack us because we still have that old reptilian brain that we had thousands of years ago. Yes, we've evolved and we've become much more clever, but where we used to get really nervous around a saber-toothed tiger coming out to to jump on us or somebody's going to pilferage the village, now we'll miss the bus and we have that same reaction that yes. same aggression and adrenaline and fear and 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 that that fear can keep us very stuck and i think too our life is so comfortable now that it's probably the most uncomfortable place to be <laughs> when you're in your comfort zone
0: yes because you don't evolve anymore I had a good chat about that. Another, another two guests on my podcast just uh, this morning that I've interviewed, and we talk about emotional intelligence and, uh, and how it's important to, to get outside of the comfort zone because that's where things happen for you. We all have our own limits in life, and we all have our you know, imposter syndrome in one way, shape, form at one time or, or another in our life. So overcoming these, these things is, is a way to, to grow.
1: Yeah. One of the problems I think is everybody looks at the big picture and gets overwhelmed. It's sort of like, oh my goodness, for me to get from where I am to where I want to be and where I want to be would just be perfect and great. But if it's sort of like climbing the stairs of the Eiffel Tower, you can't see the top. You just have to take one step at a time. And if you can say, I know where I'm heading and I'm going to take one step at a time, at the, t- at the next step you have a choice do I go forward or do I go back down okay I'm going to go forward and at the next step you have a choice do I go left or do I go right do I go up or do I go down and, I- and when we get stuck it's when we believe we no longer have a choice mm. like even when you're between a rock and a hard place you still have a choice do I go towards the rock or does, do I get stuck in the hard place and then okay if I go towards the rock what do I do how do I climb over it how do I climb under it round it through it and I think what happens when we get overwhelmed is the brain shuts down so that we then can't think of ways through. We, we, we just see, it seems impossible. And we need someone else to help us, a mentor, you know, a coach or somebody else to say, I can see a way through.
0: Um, mm, how yeah. about
1: we try this together?
0: And that's just coaching, like what you do is, it comes, it comes as a very effective tool. Because as a coach, you can take somebody from A to B, you can ask them the right questions to get them to start thinking questions that they might have not or wouldn't have asked themselves, right?
1: Yes, it's it's about that that deeper level of questioning. You're absolutely right, and it's also about we let ourselves off the hook. So say, and you'll know this somebody that wants to lose weight, for example, and then it'll get to Saturday night, eight o'clock. They've been good all week, and they think, you know what, I'm going to have that wine and chocolate. Whereas if they're if they've got someone walking alongside them, and and if they think, oh, I've got to tell my coach on Monday that I had that wine and chocolate, then maybe I won't do it. You know, yep. there's, there's there's an accountability of some sort. That makes a huge difference. Absolutely. Um, and I I find with clients that I work with, they'll, they'll say to me, if I wasn't having this call with you today, I wouldn't have done X, Y, and Z. But because I knew I was coming on the call, it forced me to prepare or to dig deeper or to fill in that journal or, you
0: know. That's right. Plus, they know there's a purpose. There's a reason why they've hired you in the first place to get you to, you know, for you to help them to get to get somewhere, yeah. and so and typically this is like a from what I know it's typically like weekly or periodically catch ups, right? So if they know that on Monday they're gonna have that call with you, where you know, and I've had a few coaches typically you know as a one, what's the what's the word? I don't want to standardize, but typically it is uh, one of those strategies where we say, okay, what's worked for you in, in, in what what's worked for you in last week? What didn't work for, for you last week? What are we going to work on this week, right? So there's always that part of their coaching call, let's say, and so they know that you will be asking them what went wrong and then if they're deciding to have that wine or you know, really uh, have a binge, um, then they just sabotaging their own, their own progress.
1: Yep, yeah. yeah yeah, absolutely.
0: And this is applicable to anybody anybody's goal, whether it be per- whether it be personal or a business goal, right?
1: Absolutely.
0: Are there any any other tips that you um, would recommend for somebody who's looking to, you know, achieve their goals, their life goals?
1: Yes. Look, I think one of the things that we do is – often people say to me, I don't really know what I want. Cause I'll say, well, what, you know, what do you want? I don't really know. Mm. I just know I'm unhappy. And so one of the things that I would say is go back to before you were married or before, like when you were young, what did you do that was really fun? So for me, it was dancing. I used to run a dancing school. I, I was dancing from, I was about 12. And I know now that when I feel a bit stuck or a bit down, I go and play some music and I dance about and that makes me feel better. Ask other people, what are you good at? So when I was feeling stuck in, as I said, I didn't actually plan to become a coach. It kind of evolved through different things that I did. The, I would say to people, you know, what do you think I would be good at? And they'd say, oh, well, you're, you're great at bringing people together or you always seem to have an answer for other people's problems, even though at the time I felt I couldn't solve my own. <laughs> we mm-hmm. all know that one, don't we? And so the, you can often get feedback from other people to say, have you tried this? What about that? And and nobody has a magic bullet. It, 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 it's literally try it. It'll either work or it won't. But if you don't try, you'll never know.
0: That's right. That's right. Anything. Do anything. If you mm-hmm. if you're stuck, just do anything that will break that break that rhythm, and go from there.
1: I like to see life as like uh, one big experiment. You know, it's like I'm going to try this, and if it works. That could be great. And if it doesn't, well, I'll just not do it again. I'll try something else.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And
1: and a big part of that actually is about giving ourselves permission, permission to fail, permission to try and it not work out. Because I think as children, we're to, oh, if you try that and it doesn't work, there'll mm. be consequences, you know, and then that puts fear in us of either yeah. failure or disapproval or loss of money or loss of face or loss of time.
0: That's and, a perfect example of, of that negative mindset around failure right where they say well be careful because it might not work out be careful because it might fail well if we always communicate failure or something negative then yes that will always that will always be something that might stop us from trying something but what is failure really it's just a, a learning experience that will propel you forward you're going to do something differently you're going to learn from that so if we if we and going back to what we said at the start right how can we change things to a more positive right so in this scenario well failure if if we know that failure is not really a failure failure is really just a learning experience yeah then it's never a failure yeah yeah you know what I
1: yeah i i like to say that it's not failure it's just feedback so when you try something and it doesn't work then then neither the the market's telling you it's not what it wants or you're financial situations telling you that this isn't working or your time or you and you're like okay so now i need to try something else and it's the same adrenaline that's pumping around the body whether we're excited or scared so if you can say i'm going to see this as an experiment i'm going to get excited about it and then just see how it turns out instead of i'm really scared and nervous and i don't know if this is going to work mm. turn turn that adrenaline into something positive
0: absolutely Now, how can somebody tap into what motivates them? I know one is to have a thing back, those moments, like you said, when you were really happy, like you mentioned dancing. Any other other strategy that people can utilize to sort of...
1: I think we need to listen to our body more. So when we are feeling motivated and driven, we just have this abundance of energy. It's just like... I, I just want to do it, even if I don't get paid, I'll do it. I just money is not my driver. It's it's that sense of being who I was born to be, and we feel that in the body. And then in the same way that when we're not doing so, if you're stuck in a nine to five job and you hate it, and mm. your boss is a bism, and you just feel miserable, you'll feel it. You'll you'll either feel a heaviness, or you know, you get heart palpitations, or headaches, or whatever. But what we tend to do is, oh, I'll just take a tablet. I'll just take a pill and, and get rid of that. Whereas if we could stop and say, where is that headache coming from? Where are those heart palpitations? What's causing that? And it's really a thought. Everything starts with a thought. So whatever thought you're having about the situation that you're in, that's impacting how you feel. And then the feeling creates an emotion and then we react based on that emotion. And instead of reacting, we want to be able to say no. I'm going to act. I'm going to choose how I move forward with thought and planning and action, not reaction to things that are externally happening to me.
0: Absolutely. I mean, if we talk about well-being and as a holistic approach overall, this is where mindfulness comes in, right? Being mindful of yes. your own of your own um, state, right? And one of the other examples is also when we're doing constantly things in a day and then it comes the end of the day and we feel like we haven't achieved anything, we feel like we've done lots of things, but we can't even remember what we've done. One of the great, it works for me anyway, is to step and you know write things down. Like as I go through the day, check things off, you know, when I accomplish tasks, I mean, I like to do it in the morning, just set my plan or what I want to achieve that day, but also just physically checking it off or with a pen, just crossing it off and comes the end of the day. And if I have that feeling like, oh, it's just been a hectic day, I feel like uh, I've just been a bit, you know, I don't feel a bit, I feel a bit unsettled. I just go back to that, back to that notebook and just go through and read through and just helps me reconcile with all my efforts that I've done through the day.
1: Yeah. I um, I call it a done list. So I say to my clients I want at the end of the day I want you to write down everything that you've done today. So not a to-do list, but a done. And you know what some days just getting out of bed and showering and making dinner for the family. Some days that's that's a, that's a tick. You know I think we're terribly hard on ourselves. Yeah. Um and it, and there's this terrible thing of everybody else around you seems to be doing better especially on Facebook and <laughs> all the other platforms whereas if some days you can say you know what just just being able to
0: stop to, and smell the roses
1: yeah absolutely and and just stop being so hard on ourselves because mm. again there's that self-talk what we say to ourselves is often worse than we would ever let someone else i mean if someone was to say to us you're no good, and and yeah, you haven't done enough today, and you're not earning enough money, and you're not pretty enough, and you're not smart enough, and you're not you'd want to punch them. But yet we say that to ourselves all the time.
0: Why is it that we're conditioned to do that?
1: I think it comes from again the childhood thing of getting approval. Mm. It's very much how we're set up early on and and, and personality too. Like some of us get approval through being, you know, a good girl and sitting pretty and and not creating a fuss. Others get their approval from, oh, you were the top of the class. Others, it's right. about money. It's like, yeah, I've got a big house and a flash car. Even if I feel insecure inside, I get my sense of belonging from that or or a sense of authority. Some people are very driven by being in charge, you know, being a sergeant major in the army or something. So so that is partly nature, partly nurture.
0: Mm. So, so, childhood, how we were raised, and then also in the current state as adults, how else it gets influenced is the surroundings and people that we surround ourselves with, right Where if there is like we you know it's said that you' are the average of five people that you surround yourself with if those five people are all materialistic, perhaps as an example, always talking about you know who's who's going to be the first who's going to buy the house or who's going for what fancy holidays, then you're always going to think that that is the that is the the essence of success but it's not and then you're going to feel like stressed and trying to work harder and unhappy because you're still not there and and then it's just that repeating circle right and then when we are stressed then then our iq goes down we're not able to think as clearly and properly so
1: i like to think of um success as Something that feels good on the inside, not just something that looks good on the outside. Mm. Real success is when you feel at one with yourself and the world around you, I think. It's that congruence where where your thoughts, your words, and your behavior are all congruent. Because often we live our life, and and it's where we have this turmoil, because it's like we're thinking something, but we're saying and doing something else. Because we're, we're in our heads, we're thinking, "I really don't want to do this," but we're doing it because we're trying to please other people, or we think we ought to, um, or it's the right thing to do, and so we're doing it, but with a negative attitude. Yeah. Um, or we're we're telling lies. You know, it's sort of like, "Well, I'll say this because this is what they want to hear," but I don't really believe it, and and then afterwards we don't feel good about ourselves. So congruence is is really what what I think leads to real success is a sense of well-being on the inside
0: yeah absolutely there's also examples of how people turn their life around as a result of something life-changing happening to them right have you have something life-changing happen to you that made you change something in your life
1: yes actually um So, when I worked for corporate, and this was in the UK, I had two things happen in the same week. One was that my boss at the time, I was trying, I had been working with the company for eight years, and they were getting rid of licensees who owned the petrol stations and they were putting managers in. And my boss said to me at the time, Um, We have to get rid of all these licensees and just have managers. And I said to him, I can't do that. I've been working with these people for eight years to help them build their business. I can't now just go in because it's more profitable for the company to tell them that we're getting rid of them. And he said to me, well, if you don't, someone else will. And I was gutted because I really admired this man. He was a brilliant boss. We got on really well. And I was shocked. And in the same week, believe it or not, my boyfriend at the time was killed in a car crash.
0: Oh, I'm sorry to hear that.
1: Yeah, look, it was 20 years ago, so it's fine. (laughs) Mm.
0: Um,
1: But it it was pretty tough at the time. And his friend called to tell me, and I said, you have to tell me where is he, where is he? I have to go and see him. And he said, you can't. His wife is with him. Ooh. Yeah.
0: So you didn't know he had a wife?
1: Yeah. So overnight, I became a mistress. Yeah, so so both of those things, two men that I really admired and loved and trusted, both at work and in my personal life. So my whole, what's life all about? I'd lost faith in humanity. And then, so I decided at that point, I quit corporate, gave back my company car, rented out my apartment. And that's when I went to do the voluntary work, actually.
0: mm. Now, can we tap into your journey becoming a life coach? Because I don't think we've talked about that much.
1: Yes, no, we should, shouldn't we? <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So I, when I left, I actually started working in a high school. So I did all my travels, and then I met my beautiful husband, and we got married, and we lived in Spain for a while. Then we moved back to London. And I worked in a high school with children who were very smart but not doing well, so they were wasting time at school. And I was called in by the school to work with these kids. And it was basically that they didn't believe in themselves and Mm. they had no one that believed in them. They didn't realize they were smart and capable. They were actually bored at school and they didn't have a vision and goals and an action plan and everything. And so I absolutely loved doing that job we then moved to australia and i didn't work for about six years because my um husband traveled a lot with his job and i was buying a house buying a dog getting the kids into school doing voluntary settling work, in yeah. making friends all of that and actually i loved not having to work i felt very blessed but then about five years later i hit 50 i hit menopause kids were going on to uni I started to feel I wasn't needed anymore. I'd mm. lost my purpose. It was like I'd lost confidence because I hadn't worked for a long time. Technology had moved on. Yeah, and I just felt very, very alone and, and quite afraid of the future. It was sort of like, oh, my God, I'm getting old and I don't know what, what the future holds
0: that also because your, your children now they, they're old enough so it's like you had that purpose and as a mother when when you were raising them up right you had something that fill that gap through the day and then now was they were going to uni okay i can i yeah. can understand
1: and i was busy every day and 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 i was needed every day mm. um and then suddenly it was like oh mom we don't want you to pick us up from school and my <laughs> husband would say why well, i'm away on a business trip for two or three weeks or and so not having family, I got quite lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I went to see a coach. <laughs> and and I said to her, I don't know what to do. And she said to me, you should become a life coach. And to be honest, I didn't even really know what that was. And she said, use your experience with your BP sales stuff, your NLP, your positive psychology, your role as a mother and, and help other women. I just had this great vision of, find what's missing and make that your mission. So Mm -hmm. what was missing for me at that stage in my life and how could I help other women that felt the same? So I started a meetup group. Someone told me about meetup. And we met locally just in a church hall down the road. And I said to these ladies, I've become a bit of a martyr. I've become a bit of a moaner and I'm not happy And I want to be able to create a community where we make a positive difference in our own lives, because I know when we take responsibility for ourselves, everyone around us will benefit. And it was kind of like I knew all the NLP in theory, but at that stage in my life, I wasn't putting it into practice. And I had 60 ladies sign up in the first week of that meetup. And I was like, holy moly, there's a need for this
0: that's impressive. And what I like about it is that you, you know, you've realized this is happening to you and you've come up with a sol- clever solution to, you know, a lot of people would just, you know, hide under the rock or just stay miserable, but you've decided to do something and I guess having that experience about a positive mindset and NLP from earlier on while you were working for for BP that that actually helped you help you come up with that solution, right?
1: Yes. And and you know what? It was also about my girls. I was worried that they would see me as, you know, sort of giving up or depressed or, and, you know, we live a beautiful life here in Sydney and they're very privileged, but... As we talked about earlier, I'm from Glasgow and very working class background mm. and, and my husband and I have worked hard to achieve what we have now. And, but I wanted them to see that everybody struggles at different stages in life, that it doesn't mean that life's only difficult when you're a teenager or in your 20s, but the, only you can change your life. You have to make that decision. And sometimes you have to really hit rock bottom to then say, I'm going to do something about this. And we have this thing at home where whenever we, I, I introduced this at that time, when they were starting uni, I said to them, you're going now for three to five years to learn your new topic. I'm now going to learn about running a business, becoming a coach, personal development. And this is sort of my university training. Mm. So when we come home at night, we all do this kind of thing like with the thumbs. And if we've had a good day, we give a thumbs up. And if we've had a rotten day, we give a thumbs down. And so in the early days, I was given thumbs downs every day (laughs) because I was like, this technology is terrible. I'm finding all this too hard. I can't do this. I'm too old. All that negative self-talk. And then they were saying, oh, come on, Mum, don't give up. You can do this. You know, and they started to coach. They were repeating back to me what I'd said to them when they were younger and things. And it just showed them that, you know, we all have to pick ourselves up and get on with life. Every day, and reach out and ask for help when you need it.
0: And it's interesting when you put somebody in a position to do that, to to be put them in a position of a coach. How they don't even realize initially, but how actually how much it helps gr- them to grow. You yeah. know, it's something I've, of just recently one of our coaches at the gym. I hired a, a new coach, a younger guy. Right, he's I'm nineteen. He's just you know studying his exercise physiology and and so he's just starting uh, doing a couple couple of classes as a second trainer in the class but i've got the other guy who's been coaching for for about a year now and while he's also young he's a little older he's been doing it for some time but you know he he himself you know have highlighted him and he's highlighted him so he's realized you know he's got some things that he needs to improve but hiring this new guy and put him in under him and i told him Make sure, you know, help him out, whatever he needs, do that. And then I just let him, you know, for a Thanks. week or for two weeks. And then we we, we touch base again. And I said, so, you know, how is, how is Jeremy? How is, how is everything going with that? And he's like, yeah, you know, it's, I'm working with him on a few things. You know, he's, he knows what he needs to work on. There's, there's a couple of things I've told him what to do. And so he was talking as a coach. And he was yeah. like all like excited yeah. about doing it. Like he had a purpose. Yes, yes. And that also raised his level of quality as a coach that I've noticed in the studio. So, so yeah. yeah. One of the we-
1: things that I say, and it's exactly that, it's step up, speak up, and show up with confidence. Mm. And, and when you can do those three things, but you have to be willing initially to step up to the plate. But in hindsight, it's a great teacher because with, with the joy that that brings, when you break through or when you're doing it, like Jeremy is phenomenal, but at the time you, you're not sure. And, 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 and that whole thing about being thrown into the deep end, sometimes that's just the best way. You know, you just put someone in that position and say, come on, you're the leader now, get on with it. And yeah. ah, but it makes you do it. And we you haven't got time to think, then you, you just go into, often I'll tell clients to become a robot because a robot doesn't think it just does what it's programmed to do
0: okay yeah I like that
1: <laughs> and 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 if but if we think because you'll know this the mind will give up before the body does mm. and if and so if we don't allow the mind to have an opinion if you just say you're a robot you're programmed to do 20 press-ups don't think about it just friggin do it
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah then
1: then they'll, they'll, they'll do it I mean I've, I've had ladies where I they, they're f- afraid to make a phone call about something and I'll say here's the phone I'm sitting beside you right now. You're not leaving till you make that call and they make the call and they come off and they go, oh, she said, yes, or it happened or it, you know,
0: it's like they've, they've broken a new, new barrier. Just do
1: it. You know, Yeah, Nike got it right when they said, just do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now talking about your business now, your life coaching business that you've been doing for, for how long now? Five years now. Five years. What was some of the toughest experiences that that you had in in starting and growing your business so far?
1: Oh, for me, it's definitely the marketing and the technology, like Facebook advertising. When people meet me, if I do a live event or if it's on a podcast or something like that, then I think people get to know me easier. When I try, I'm a people person, I, I can create that bond. Uh, and rapport, whereas if it's writing an ad with a pretty picture and hashtags and blah blah blah, I, I oh, it turns me cold to be honest. <laughs> it's a
0: tough one, yeah. I, I, I know. I've really,
1: s- really struggled with that. Yeah,
0: As, especially with your background and understanding in NLP and all that. You know that you know in terms of priority when it comes to influence and 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 being of value and and connecting with people. The number one thing is always going to be face to face or what we're doing right yes. now over Zoom right? Yes. We can see facial expression, tonality, everything, so yes. everything just comes across authentically, and you don't have to you don't have to think too much about how things sound. you're just being you, right yes. but yes. the moment the moment one of these elements is being you know is not there removed, r- removed yeah. right Now it's just written text
1: yeah, Just yeah.
0: things just get misconstrued so much. Yeah, Especially with, yeah. Um, and I find like, you know, sometimes because I'm very, you know, like sometimes direct, like I just, you know, this is the way, I know it works, uh, can you guys do it? Or, you know, and, and then, and I've been pointing out to me that, oh, that comes across rude, or like, you know, been pointing to out rig, to me that so I, got to, I got to put a bit of fluff around it and things yes, like yes. that. So it's just, I just <laughs> yeah. prefer, yeah, just jump on a yeah. call or... I-
1: well, and that's it. The call is so important because sometimes women will come on a call and I'll say to them, look, if I can't help you, I'll put you in touch with someone that can. It's a two-way thing. It's not just whether they're a good client for me, but am I the right coach for them? Mm. And you can't pick that up through an ad. Yeah.
0: Mm. But at the end of the day, we still have to do that too, right? But you have to balance it out because it's just a, it's just a reality. It's just a reality the way the world we live in it's very instant people don't have time so you do have to you do have to get through the sms's you do have to get through an ad initially before they jump on the call if you so i guess so So okay so and so how did you overcome this have you have you tried to hire somebody to help you with your copy or what did you do
1: yeah look i initially um did courses to learn a lot of it myself because it was like I didn't know what to tell someone to do because I didn't know what I was doing. (laughs) Mm. So I spent about two years learning copywriting, Facebook ads, videoing, Facebooking. I mean, I I have my own coach. I think everybody needs a coach to help Mm. us with our own blind spots and my coach um, s- challenged me to do a Facebook live every day last year and I was like oh man I don't want to do that And I, anyway <laughs> but I did do it and and it was and it was very fruitful I have to say and after I had done about 10 days it got to the stage where I just picked up the phone and I just did it and I just recorded it and it went live and it was no big deal so again it's that whole just do it thing but I got to the stage where I I couldn't see people one-on-one anymore because I'd run out of time. There's only so many hours in the day. Yep. So I wanted to leverage my time. So I got a team of virtual assistants and got them to do a lot of the marketing. And and, right. I, and I do group coaching now too so that I can help more women at a time.
0: Absolutely. And it should be that way. You know, you're, as you progress, as your business is growing, people still want to see you. You're the face of your business. So offsetting off all the other tasks that you don't really need to is yeah, I think a natural progression oh, and great, it's great. progression.
1: That's <laughs> great. <laughs>
0: that's awesome. Now you get to do what you really really love and what you really enjoy yes. doing. Yes. And you've got a you've got a team behind you who looks yes. after all the all the other things. And this yeah. is a lesson for anybody listening. You know, when you're when you do get to that stage, that's great. That's when you really need to have a team. But you should also start uh planning for it from from the beginning. You know, one of the really good things that are I've always been a big believer in is even if you're starting your own business um, and you're doing everything yourself, make sure that you document all the processes, make sure that you start writing everything and plan for it. Think about it as in a year time or two year time or whenever time will come time where you have to hire somebody and you don't want to start from scratch starting, you know, educating them on everything but, you know, the way of how you do things. If you start doing it from the beginning, you already have it there. And you just pass it on and it just becomes a smooth transition.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was great. One of the things I do is, I, or I did at the beginning, was I would just record just on a QuickTime player. Mm-hmm. I would just like, this is how I do this. This is how I like that done. This is how I like that done. Saved it to the cloud. And then anyone that comes to work with me just goes and watches that video and copies and knows exactly how, how to follow the system. It saves a lot of time. I don't have to keep retraining and retraining.
0: That's great. Yes, absolutely. I love it. Is there something that you wish you'd known uh, when you started your business initially?
1: It's interesting you say that because some of the things if I'd known, I think I might not have started.
0: <laughs> yeah, right.
1: <laughs> if I'd known how tough the journey was going to be in the early days, it might have put me off. Um, I, I think ignorance is bliss when you start a business mm-hmm. because your enthusiasm gets you through. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, I don't know. I can't that's really, all right. <laughs> I can't really think of something, actually. That's that's interesting. I mean, there's lots that I didn't think I would do that I have done okay. um, that have been positives. Like I've written a, a book, which I never thought I would do, and um, Facebook Lives I never thought I would do, and even podcasts like this. And So there's been lots of things that have come out of it that I never thought – That you, I, you know, didn't have
0: to do or –
1: or, or have just developed that I actually have really loved. There's lots that have come out of it that I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy mm-hmm. that I hadn't, you know, even writing blogs, I actually really, really enjoy writing blogs because it's about a topic that I like and and know and have read a lot about. So, yeah.
0: And it's also just another expression of how you can provide value, right? And it's something that yes. will be there set in stone for years to go, yes. for years to come. Now, as a result of you developing growing this business over the five years learning all these other you know skill sets that you need to to learn to be able to you know continue progressing you've achieved some level of success what has that success allow you what does your lifestyle look like now what does that allow you to do now
1: i am very blessed what it does is it gives you freedom and choice and I'm happier. So it's had that ripple effect around my family. Mm-hmm. If we, my daughters are now older. So they're at university. If I decide to say, you know what? I want to go and have a day at a spa with you too. Let's do it.
0: Yeah, freedom. I don't have to
1: check with anyone else. Is it okay to spend the money? Is it okay to take the time off? Is it, and, and not that my husband would ever say no anyway. He'd be like, if you guys want to go and do that, go and do it. But It's, it's just, it's empowering and I feel I can be generous. So one of the things that I, when I started that meetup group, initially I did it for free and then I thought there's an opportunity here and the, and the women that were coming had no skin in the game. It was sort of like, we'll come and we'll listen to Anne and she'll help us. And then the next month we'll go back and we'll listen to Anne and she'll help us and the next month we'll go back. And I thought I'm actually disempowering them by, not having them achieve anything in return. Yeah. So I started to charge twenty dollars each. Yeah, um, great. Thing. I'm a,
0: I'm a big believer in, in not giving things for free. Yeah. Not not to not just like it's not to make money, but what you said, you got to people have to put some skin in the game to make them more accountable, to make them, you know, yeah, be more serious about.
1: Yeah, things. they say if they pay, they'll pay attention. Mm-hmm. So. All that $20 from each lady went to the local women's shelter. So I had this thing of, like, I thought, you know, I was a bit miserable in midlife as a female, but nothing like these women have to run away from domestic violence or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so now what drives me, because there are times when you sort of think, well, and I'll have people say to me, well, but I don't need any more. Or, they have a bit of a negative mindset around the money. I don't want to appear greedy and I don't, you know, I've got enough and, but, and then I say, okay, we'll give it away because the more you've got, the more you can share.
0: So a great thing.
1: Yeah. I now make a commitment that a percentage of everything I earn goes to this woman's shelter. And that drives me because I think if I, you know, if, if I can help them build another house for these women, or if I can help one lady find freedom and, and and build herself back up again so so it really allows me to do that, and it sounds very altruistic, but it's actually not it's quite selfish because I feel great, it makes me feel like go me <laughs> i can I can write another check
0: you know I, I think that's a that's a feeling well deserved i wouldn't i wouldn't feel selfish about it at all no, its it's a feeling you've well deserved it's good to feel good, especially when we help others. Oh, right?
1: it's, to me, that is what life's all about. There's a, there's a quote by Deepak Chopra, which is one of my favourites, mm. and it's something like, I'm going to get it wrong here, but something like, when you have your natural-born gifts and you use them for the benefit of others, that's true success.
0: I love it. I love I'll it. send
1: it to you. I'll, yes. I'll, I'll get the exact quote and I'll send it to you. It's beautiful. And that's, um, that's my mantra.
0: That's great, and I'll make sure I'm going to put it in the show notes when I'm going through all the all the production stuff. Ian, it's been amazing having you on the show. Thank so you. Many I've value
1: enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, thank you.
0: We've covered so much. We've talked about NLP. <laughs> we've talked about positive mindset. We've talked about Jesus. So many things. So, (laughs) Mori, looking forward to go through it again and listen to it. And I'm going to be creating all the timestamps for those of you guys listening. As this podcast is on many, many platforms, obviously Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and and Google and whatnot. There's so many platforms this podcast is on. But there is a a website, an official website that I highly recommend you go to, which is called successinspiredpodcast.com because every single episode that goes out it's not just the audio that you can you get to listen to there's actual show notes and i put a lot of effort into these show notes for you guys there's timestamps there's usually around 10 to 15 timestamps on specific bits of the conversation that you can go back to and to listen again there's also a full transcript for those of you guys who are hearing impaired so you can you can read read it and also links and you know, sp- special offers, there's always some special offer from my guests and a bunch of other great stuff. So if you guys love this podcast and you've in- you enjoyed this this interview that I've had with Anne and you want to get more resources, you want to know more, I'll make sure that I'm going to put all that in the show notes. And all you got to do is just visit the, the website. Now back to you, Anne, I know you've got an awesome, awesome business and, you know, we've talked about it for an hour now. And, um, and I also know that you are very generous with how you want to help people initially. You're offering a uh, consultation, correct?
1: Yes. So I offer a free call for 30 minutes. It usually ends up going on longer. But just to help women to come and to say, where are you at? Where do you want to be? And how can I help you if I can help you? And we work through a bit of a plan and and they'll go away with some initial steps on on how to start on that journey of
0: change. I love it. I love it. I'll make sure I put in the show notes. And also, and also we are doing an ebook, right? So there's going to be an ebook about 10 steps 10 steps on success. Can you clarify
1: yeah so look there are two things there the 10 steps to success is a, is a PDF and it's cuz basically what happened was the lady in the meetup said to me how did you suddenly then make a business it wasn't sudden by the way but how did you make a business out of what you're doing and so I went back and I thought it through and I put down the 10 steps that I took in in the right order so that's a PDF that we can send to everybody or anybody can get um, and on my website there is an ebook that they can download for free
0: excellent excellent
1: what's the website name it's just com. so it's a double
0: love it thank you and i look forward to share all that to the listeners uh, essentially this is your blueprint on your own success so people get to go through it and follow it have something to to start with and even thought they might not go exactly the same way as you've done it at least it gives them, it gives them some sort of a, a, a manual that you can follow, so it's yeah. been amazing talking to you and I appreciate you that you've come on to this podcast to speak to me and share your knowledge to the listeners of this podcast, thank you so much
1: Thank you Vit and thanks for the opportunity I've thoroughly enjoyed it and I love the work that you're doing as well, so, so keep it up and, and this platform's awesome so thank you
0: Thank you, that's great, thanks, bye bye